0: Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by our Bastiat Cruel Dubai.
1: The yeah. Luck on Sunday regular that is Mr. Neil Channing. We wanted some festive cheer to start off the programme, Neil. So you were you were drafted
0: in. It's great I, to I was, see you again. I, I was thinking about putting my Christmas jumper on, but mm. I thought to myself, what happens if they want to show a rerun mid summer? <laughs> you know that could be awkward couldn't it really you'll have to black out the tree obviously how are you in good form uh yes not too bad not too bad um we you know it's a, it's a, a quiet day before christmas with the, you know not such quality racing but i'm looking forward to boxing day now as a
1: man who bets every day yeah and whose whole betting ethos is based around Doing it frequently and with vigor. How do you how do you take a day with no sport, with no product?
0: I, I actually, I I'm a quite a big fan of, of the days when there's two meetings and you get a chance to have a, a actual breathe in between races. Uh, you know, I like I like a nice Sunday with that that uh, the the uh, Peterborough Chase day at Huntingdon. That was brilliant. I just felt like I could actually watch every race and. And you know, listen to every interview and watch the reruns, and we weren't like immediately firing onto the next one. So, what we're told as a betting public now mm. is that we want a race, a race, a
1: race, a race, a yeah. race. We need, we need action all the time. Now, you're someone who wants more of it than most of us do, but you're saying that's not necessarily the case. It's not the way you would frame it.
0: Yeah, but I guess if I was expensive. a bookmaker, and 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 at the end of the day, racing gets its funding uh, from you know, what bookmakers want and what media rights and whatever. I'd probably want uh, racing, you know, every 93 seconds really. (laughs) Uh, So I, you know, I may not be the right person to ask, but uh, yeah, I quite like a, a nice relaxed afternoon of two meetings. I don't mind if there's a, I don't mind these tea time ones as well. Maybe if we slightly overlap like that, that's not too bad. Just when I thought, I was going to do something else for the rest of the day. There's suddenly a bit of Wolverhampton coming up. Nothing wrong with that.
1: What is your enthusiasm for horse racing and betting on horse racing like now relative to what it has been at various points down the years?
0: Uh, I Well, you know, my other kind of love of my life, I guess, has been poker in some ways. And I, There was definitely a time where uh, I, I had to ask myself, you know, is the night before Royal Ascot or the night before Cheltenham or the night before the main event of the world series of poker is that the most exciting day of the year i mean you know christmas day is all right and all that but uh it, it's always varied between the three and i would say right now probably cheltenham probably edges it although once the sun comes out it's probably asker i think the world series of poker is probably third at the moment uh but it, it does bounce back and forward between the three so I'm still pretty much up for it, you know. But, you know, right now I'm excited about Plumpton and Foslass, So When the World
1: Series of Poker was the biggest thing mm. in your life, just yeah. give me an indication as to why and how you managed that.
0: So I went to the World Series of Poker for the first time in 1997. Uh, I think I took £1,000 in English money in my pocket with the intention of finding a way of changing it into dollars when I got there. I walked into the casino where it was held and uh, 20 seconds into the room, a fellow who I vaguely knew, I think i had had about five or six conversations with, uh, called Tony Bloom, uh, called me over uh, and said, uh, oh Neil, good to see you. Uh, you couldn't just lend me a grand, could you? Uh, I'll give it back to you. Uh, in a couple of days, I've got a wire coming in and uh, I, I had to pretend to him that I hadn't changed up any money yet. I was too embarrassed to say that that would have left me with literally no pennies. Uh, but uh, yeah, the the, the, main, the the World Series of Poker is a series of poker tournaments leading up to the Ultimate World Championships, which is $10,000 to buy in and you can win uh, these days about $8 million if you win it. Uh, so it's a, it's a pretty big thing because there's a whole bunch of other events that now, now it takes like two and a half months. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's, no, it's I think it's eight weeks now uh, across the summer and there are 60 events and there's like two a day and each one is a world championships. So if you win one of them, uh, you know, first of all, you're kind of you go down in history as the world champion, although there are 60 crowned every year. Uh, and and secondly, it's a it's a hell of a lot of money. You know, I've, I've come second twice in those things uh, what, uh, did, what did you win
1: for coming second?
0: Uh, well one of them I, I I mean luckily the two times I came second I, I managed to do it in uh, One in one where the buy-in was a bit bigger than average and one in one where the number of runners was at the time uh, I think it was the second biggest uh, Apart from the main world championship event. So um, I won. Uh, I think I won uh Four hundred and ten thousand dollars in one of them and two hundred and seventy five thousand in the other, which is actually more than the first prize in quite a lot of the sixty uh, odd events every year uh, but uh, it was still painful. You get a bracelet if you win it you get the world championship mm. bracelet, and uh, people often say, Oh yeah, I just wanted the bracelet i didn't you know i didn't care about the money. I definitely wanted the money, <laughs> but uh it would have been nice to have the bracelet. I kind of feel like if I'd have won the bracelet. It would have kind of, I could have, you know. People do that, don't they? Like you get that in horse racing. People are like, oh, you know, he's the best jockey never to have been champion, or you know, he's, uh, you know, he, he his career's missing the Grand National, or he's never won the Derby or whatever. That was what it was like, you know. And people quite often say, oh, you know, that Channing, yeah, he's had quite a lot of final tables at the World Series, but he's never won one.
1: Now in your poker career you won over 3.4 million dollars or have to date. Exactly. Well I I I I didn't want to be so impertinent <laughs> to say what happened to that but you're I mean, not, it a whole
0: you, load of uh, decisions that seemed reasonable at the time. But you, you're, not, you're not someone
1: who who loves money just to sit there and look at a big no, pile, no, pile of not, notes. Oh, I mean, no,
0: I used to have. Just a, like I used to have a room in my house for you know counting and stuff, just full of money. that i I just go to a couple of times a day. I don't <laughs> have that anymore. Uh, no, um, I, I'm not that. I mean, I do quite like having money. It's nice. People say to me, oh, what have you spent all your money on? I say, well, not having a job for most of my life is what I've spent it on, really. I mean, that's a good thing, isn't it? Like, you know, I mean, I know you love coming into Ealing and hanging out with the Racing UK people. They make you- Racing TV. Coffees all the time. Of course, that's what I meant to say. Uh, But, you know, it's quite good, isn't it? Just like being able to kind of laze around in bed and decide what time you wake up and where you're going to go today and- uh, yeah there were times in my life where I would just kind of wake up and think i 'll tell you what I might fly to Australia for a month and just play poker over there for a bit because it 's a bit cold in the winter in england and uh, yeah i 've done things like that for quite long periods i mean now i just love edeling, so it 's fine but uh, um, yeah it was a bit it was a bit mad though i mean I, 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 we had a conversation before, and I think I told you i 'd been in hospital for a long time. Mm. Uh, in about two thousand and five and and uh basically, I you know came out of hospital and spent a year lying in bed and ran out of money uh, and that 's essentially because you were eating too much pizza and drinking too much coke, probably yeah. yeah yeah and uh and yeah when i when I came out of hospital, I said, "Well, okay, once I started to get a bit fitter, i said well i 'm going to start playing poker because that 's something that I think I can do from a smallish stake and make a living at." Uh, I did that every day for like two years, uh, and built up to kind of from, from like, I don't know, a, a couple of grand up to 150 grand or something. Uh, but playing like 14 hours a day from midday until five in the morning. Uh, that was probably the only two years where I didn't really follow the racing as much every day the racing would be on in the casino all the time and people would would bet on it against each other and stuff that's probably terribly illegal Uh, there was all kinds of that going on and i used to kind of you know be the bookmaker sometimes and stuff but uh, uh i probably was following it with less relish and i wasn't you know videoing the races in those days or whatever you do these days um uh, you, you you that goes back to your bookmaking roots i mean you're someone who stood
1: in in betting rings yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a, around the country and at some of the biggest meetings and yeah. laying some fearless punters are you more of a bookmaker by temperament
0: yeah, yeah i guess i mean i as a punter i like to you know look at the favorite and try and find a reason that it won't win which is just generally what bookmakers tend to do i think uh i was always a very gambly bookmaker you know i, I didn't uh I believed a lot in the figures. I would sort of say, I'd do my tissue, you know, work out what prices I thought everything should be, and then be a bit reluctant to ever chalk up above what my original opinion was. Quite stubborn, really. But uh, yeah, I mean, th- those days of of poker, 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 uh, it, that was a, that was a quite a sort of, you know, I was quite driven by that, and then. One day I entered this tournament in Ireland, the Irish Open. Uh, It was €3,500 to enter in Dublin. Uh, And there were 667 people in it. Uh, I I guess I can say Paddy Power. You like Paddy Power around here, don't you? They made me 200 (laughs) to 1 to win it, which I thought actually was kind of a bit stingy, really, with 667 people in it. But after day one, there was only 240 left. Uh, and I was about, uh, I don't know, I was probably like 30th or something in the in the running at that stage. Maybe 50th, I don't know. And they made me 100 to 1. And I thought, well, that, that's definitely a mistake. You know, I, I've already outlasted almost two-thirds of the field. So surely I should be two-thirds of the price I was at the start. And, and I think I'm a little bit better than some of the other people. So, um, yeah, I had 500 quid on. At a uh, hundred to one, that was quite good fun.
1: And the rest, as they say,
0: that was brilliant. Actually, I, the, the Paddy Power presented me with the big cheque, and then I kind of dropped it. In. He'd just come from the uh, the Irish Grand National. It was over that
1: weekend. So, so you'd won eight hundred and
0: one thousand euros for yeah. the first prize, and the fifty grand. Yeah, it was and awesome.
1: then and then just topped it up
0: with another yeah, fifty large. Yeah, it was all right. It wasn't too bad. Yeah, it was quite funny really. I'll tell you who the odds compiler was uh, that set the prices. Uh, Noel Hayes, who Mm. went on to own the uh, the Triumph hurdle winner a few years ago, uh, who you probably remember, Mm -hmm. he's now uh, with BetBright, working for uh, Rich Ritchie. So yeah, he was uh, yeah. I don't know whether he got into trouble for that, but uh, they were quite fearless about it, really. They obviously thought I was an idiot, but uh, yeah, it was a fun it was a fun weekend. I remember that, but. uh, yeah. I mean, after that, I, I I must admit, I could have gone in all kinds of directions. I, I guess I certainly remember some people saying to me, oh, you've got loads of money now. You should buy some horses. I was, well, well, that quick, sounds like the worst way of getting rid of it. it. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, short of like getting a cocaine habit, I don't know what the <laughs> quickest way of getting rid of it might be, but you know, um, so I didn't do either of those things, but, uh, but I, you do, but you do Back horses again, you have
1: come back to, to yeah to well I, I,
0: I mean yeah partly I mean I always kind of find I, it's very cyclical i i i decided i I would become an entrepreneur again because I didn't learn my lesson on the other times when I tried it uh, so I started up an online poker company uh which um we did try and kind of really shoot for the stars or literally the stars. Uh, And um, it didn't really quite work out as we anticipated. And I, yeah, not only did I lose quite a lot of money that I invested in it, but I stopped having the time to play poker every day because I found myself going to a lot of meetings and hanging around in the office and having to make phone calls and emails and all these things that I'd run away from for many years. Um, And I thought, well, I, I can't really fit in poker to get any kind of living. How about on the way to the office every morning I'd tramp around eight miles worth of betting shops. Uh, So I started doing that, like, there was a couple of winters where I would just find a nice kind of each way looking novice hurdle. and. it's amazing how many labrook shops you can get into uh, in the <laughs> West End. You know, I had a nice route where I could do twenty one in three hours.
1: Presumably, you had to take a slightly different route each day,
0: otherwise, it you'd was become great too fa-
1: They'd become too uh, familiar with.
0: Well, you. you know, you'd sort of find that one day you, your horse would be best priced with one firm, and then the next day it would be a different one. And then I'd have I had about four different routes that I'd do. Luckily, the staff turnover is quite high in these places.
1: The the thing is, I, I get the sense from. Some people who win a lot of money Mm. betting, whether it's racing or poker, they they like that the business of trying to outwit their. Oh, I loved that. Yeah,
0: I quite enjoyed all of that part. Yeah,
1: yeah, more than probably the money really. But for you, it's about. It strikes me as it's a, a. about entertaining yourself as well, of keeping your extremely yeah. restless brain <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. amused,
1: exercised, well, you engaged. Think, I mean, don't you think
0: racing is a bit like racing as a sport? is It's a bit like crosswords, isn't it? Really, you, you're kind of it's a puzzle. You're trying yeah. to figure out. You open up the paper, you start looking at a big handicap. It's like figuring out a puzzle. But for me, part of the puzzle is how the hell am I going to get these bits on? Mm. Like, that's almost as big a part of the puzzle these days. So whilst a lot of people moan about that, you actually found it quite entertaining. I don't mind I that. I mean, I don't, like, if, I'd rather... The, I mean, recently I, haven't, I had a kind of a bad year, actually, although I'm on a small uptick at the moment. But, uh, uh, yeah, it's bad when you're finding it easy to get on. Uh, when they're welcoming you with open arms, uh, that's. Uh, we, we're um, me, me and me and my mate that that does a lot of the stuff in the shops with me. Uh, he's got a, he's got a shop that we go in, and they still call us Goodwood. we we're, we're listed on their thing as we're monitored customers, and uh, we're listed as Goodwood because of, there was a glorious Goodwood about three years ago where we did our absolute brains in this shop. I mean, I think we have done about forty grand in this one betting shop. And uh, we've we've actually won it all back, but I don't think they've realised because they've got us down as this huge whale called Goodwood just because of that (laughs) one meeting. (laughs) But I find all of that hysterical,
1: yeah. Um, Is the industry conducive to people wanting to
0: go and bet on horse racing? Uh, Well, I mean, obviously, uh, they don't really want people to win, do they? I mean, I, I kind of... But no, one, no of... one, at any
1: point in no bookmaker at any point in time has ever wanted anyone to. Win and we say that, un, well, unle- mean... unless those unless those people could furnish them with and information th- there is that. that would be useful oh, yeah. to I mean, them. There is that. So, there, they, so they wouldn't yeah. allow winners because that, that, that winning information yeah, was useful to them.
0: There's that old kind of you know, uh, you know, thing about Peter O'Sullivan used to ring up and get given whatever price he wanted just so that they could find out which French horse was coming over for the 2000 guineas and that kind of thing. Mike Dillon had all these relationships with various people. I don't think any of that exists anymore. But there's also a lot of people would say, you know, the job is bookmaker. You're supposed to take a bunch of bets from different people, balance your book and not really care who wins or loses. Some people would say that. Now it's quite interesting actually in terms of poker uh, because there's a whole thing about ecology you know if you and, and and if you look at exchanges as well they they suddenly discovered this you know but will tell you that with betfair they <clears throat> they went along for years thinking you know winners welcome we don't really care we're just holding on to the money and it all gets swapped around and you will get slightly better prices than you would have done with the bookies and then they realized hang on a minute there's a couple of people that are just winning every single day all the time and in order for the sausage machine to continue we need to keep feeding stuff into the top and that involves paying out fortunes for advertising which is really expensive and these people who never deposit on our site and continually win you know we've got them we don't really we don't need to advertise to them and we the, the customers we should be looking after are the ones that are basically being slaughtered by these huge winners uh, and and they couldn't think of a way around that and they invented premium charge to get around that uh, And in poker the same thing happened The the big winners in the mm. games uh, You know the way the online poker sites work is that uh, everyone's playing against each other Essentially the site doesn't really care who's winning uh, so- they take a small piece out of every pot, but actually they want regular depositors and recreational players mm. because if the pros keep winning all the time the games will die and they won't have a site. so you stock the stream with all these small fish yeah
1: hoping that they'll grow but in fact by the time they've had a chance to grow the great big fish have come and eaten them
0: all so i so think, i think the bookmakers you need to keep restocking but when you say oh you know the bookmakers don't really welcome you they they probably shouldn't welcome people who are you know the huge winners the the people that literally just overfish the sea, mm. but in order to keep stocking the stream, they need the sport to flourish, and for racing to flourish, people have to be interested in having a bet. The main reason that people watch horse racing is because they want to have a bet uh and you know if somebody tries to put twenty quid on i don't know I was going to say the Hennessy the Labbrook, I think mm-hmm. it's called now uh a big race like that, and they're told. You know, oh, computer says eleven pound sixty three, which might be to do with you know it's set to lay them to lose five hundred pounds or whatever, and they've picked something that's a biggish price. Uh, most people sitting at home would think, well, that that's not a bit weird, isn't it? Why am I? You know, I just want twenty quid on. And and uh, you know, we were just talking off air a little bit about you know how it's all algorithm based now, and a little bit computer says no, uh, and. Yeah, I understand. You know, we do live in a world of computers and and The company that's the most successful uh, in the industry has been brilliant 365 in terms of like, you know Deciding which customers they want to play against and which ones they don't and the algorithm Learning about people's betting patterns and that kind of thing but uh, I think if you get to the stage where people are being told no, you can't have a tenner you can have six quid when they're not a winning customer, and you know they just occasionally bet on horse racing, it's gone a bit too far, and I don't know whether the industry can see that. I mean, I, I you know I worked in spread betting, and we had uh, we would have situations quite often where, for example, uh, we would bet on the bookings index, the, the a, a point system based on the number of bookings in a football game, and generally we knew that the market on that was always a bit too high. In terms of what the average number of bookings was but most people like to buy because it's fun to watch games kick off and fights happening and whatever so we might get on a smallish game maybe 40 people played and 38 of them bought and we gradually rose the price as they bought more and more and then two clever people would nip in and sell and um, occasionally my boss would say to me well It's the end of the week again. I'm sending another check to that fella and I'd say, well, he, you know, he sold the bookings in three games where we made a load of money and he made a bit of money. Uh, What am I supposed to do? And he would say, well, can't you just kind of uh, manipulate the price so that he doesn't really have a bet? Now, ultimately, I think they ended up closing that kind of customer down altogether, but it's supposed to be a market, you know. I mean, surely somebody's got to win. It should be aspirational. I mean, you know, one of the reasons that people will go into the sport as a, as a, as an owner, you know, is because they kind of accept that they're mostly gonna lose money. But they want a bit back. But fat. you could just win the Derby yeah. one day yeah. with something you bought for five grand. Yeah. It's not that likely, but it, you know, it, people do win big races with cheap purchases uh, all the time, uh, just not as often as they would like to uh and in betting that that i think that has to be the same there has to be the chance that you can make money out of it without being restricted too quickly and i think it's probably gone a little bit too far the other way but you know i mean any bookmakers watching would think oh listen to him another pro punter bleating that he can't get on i'm i'm really not doing that i hope